Welcome to Reading the Bible Together. I'm your host, Angela Smith. This is a bonus conversation about the topic of prayer, and my guest today is Rosie Browsen. Rosie's a published author, and we actually work together in Northwestern Media. Faith Radio is a part of Northwestern Media, and she works in advancement. She wrote a prayer part of the prayer devotional piece of the study guide. You can get your hands on that free study guide over at myfaithradio.com. Just look for Reading the Bible Together resource page. Now, I've known Rosie for close to a decade, and the thing that has struck me again and again is Rosie's commitment to prayer, her love of prayer, and the powerful way that she prays. And I'm so grateful to welcome Rosie Browse into the show. Welcome. Oh, that's so sweet. It got me like teary-eyed. <laughs> Man, what a compliment to be considered someone who loves to pray. Love well, I it. mean, you do. and I do I mean, love to pray. I mean, you... I hope I'm not oversharing on your behalf, but I mean, even talking about like, you've talked about what can I do to help others feel comfortable praying? Yeah. You know, what, you know, is there something you can do here at Faith Radio? Is there mm-hmm. something independent? Like just having this desire mm-hmm. to bring people into into prayer and, and yeah. It's so interesting because I think you have to watch you know, the desires of your heart, because that's the lane God loves for you to stay in. And that's the lane he's designed for you. Because there are many people who have this complete and wonderful passion to evangelize, like meet Jesus. And I'm there too with them. But what happens after you meet Jesus? It's that intimate relationship with him that moves all the rest of the balls forward and allows him to take place, you know, take a huge place in your heart and in your life until you are no more and he is everything. And that happens through prayer. So to me, I'm just like, okay, how many roads do we need to get there? Like how many different places or ways can we help people get to prayer? Right. Yep. It reminds me of uh, recently on Susie Larson Live, we had Jamie Winship on Mm -hmm. and he's all about identity and that when we know our identity and not only our, our identity of who we are in Christ and, you know, and all of that means being Mm -hmm. co-heirs and how much he loves us, but that he puts a desire in us Mm -hmm. and and something for us to do. And if we are, if we have the, you know, like our, our feet in firm enough in our identity and what he's called us to do to go do that thing, Mm -hmm. it's miraculous the ways that he can, can use that gifting. Absolutely. And that's a prayer itself right? Mm -hmm. Lord, get my roots so deep in you that I know who I am in you. I mean, who knows who they are when they first come to Christ? They know that they've been sinners. They know that they're not worthy. But, you know, if you don't feel worthy when you're coming into relationship with Christ, then how in the world (laughs) do you enter the throne room of God Mm -hmm. with any sort of concept of that he wants you in there? Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, because we're talking about prayer, mm-hmm. the spiritual discipline of prayer. And I always want to point out that we are talking about practicing mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines. We're right. not talking about perfecting. We're not do- talking about doing it the right way. It's something that we practice. Mm-hmm. And each of us became followers of Christ later in life, Yep, grew up in homes where we knew a lot about God, but mm-hmm. to have that really personal relationship with him was a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So will you talk a little bit about what your journey with prayer has been like? Well, because I came later and because of how I grew up, I didn't have a, an understanding that there was a prayer life. Mm-hmm. It It just evolved for me, if you will, that um, first when God found my heart, 
I couldn't stop but want to be connected to him. And I think you and I have talked about, for me now, 20-some years later, it feels like a tether, a very close tether, and I don't ever leave my prayer life, not because I'm holy or sanctimonious and I spend hours on my knees or anything like that. It's just a, it comes from the cells of my body mm-hmm. where I'm, I just want him to talk to him all day long. But it didn't start that way. Goodness, no, it didn't start that way. And um, how it started was a father responding to his child's desire to know him better. And he just met me in so many places. You know, it wasn't perfect. And certainly I think sometimes those early attempts at prayer were the most raw and the most sincere on my part because I knew nothing else. So sometimes I think when we go along our prayer journey and we deepen our relationship with Christ or Christ deepens himself within us, we can get Oh, call- say that again. Christ deepens himself within us. Yeah. yeah. Like he's the one doing it. Yeah. But in our world of accomplishment, mm-hmm. we often feel like we have to do it right or, you know, every single Bible study means I'm a good Christian. Mm. Well, it helps you be a good Christian and certainly being in the word. So hear me strongly. It's, I'm not dismissing that, but God's the one who inspires you to go to your Bible study. <laughs> God's the one who says, I want to be a little closer to you. Can you open this scripture? You know, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. His, he gives us an unction to learn and to, and to remind us and all these things. So it's very little we're doing. So it's just coming from that place of want. I want to be closer to my father. And from there, he actually does it in you. Mm-hmm. And it's not something we have to achieve, though models do help. Right. Right. I mean, I've gone through many seasons of doing different models and different types of prayer because that's what was in my heart. And that's how he was training me. Well, and I think sometimes I appreciate what you're saying about the the desire within us to know God better. Let's talk a little bit about the, those times in life when there is no feeling right. behind it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it's a, a time of pain. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a time of, where it feels like God is really silent. Yeah. And, you know, so so then I'm thinking about the word where, you know, it's David crying out in the Psalms, which, I mean, thank God we have the Psalms. No kidding. To guide us in. When, Psalm 13. Yeah. I call it the wailing Psalm, my weeping Psalm. I have prayed that one out loud for myself, for other people. So many times I can't tell you. Can you find it? Yeah. Want me to read it? Yeah. I would love that. Okay. It is. And it's also in our study because... Okay, keep on talking, Angie. Yeah. I find it. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that that so many of David's prayers are in there because I think sometimes when we're going through a hard period of life, it's hard to put words mm-hmm. to what we're feeling. And so sometimes it's the Bible. Sometimes it's prayers that have been written by other people. For right. me, having grown up in a more liturgical tradition, yeah. when, I, when it comes to communion mm-hmm. at church, the church I go to now um, doesn't have a liturgy. Mm-hmm. But, but I go back to the liturgy that I, I knew from when I was young because it goes through things I might not think of, you know, things I've done and the things I've left undone. Right. I, I may not have, I may not think about that. I may not want to <laughs> think that. I, mean, you know, I may avoid that. But I appreciate that that prayer makes me think about all of those things. And so sometimes right. prayers that are written, to, to pray prayers that are already written can help us put words to what we're feeling. Absolutely. And I love when how you started this is sometimes you don't feel like praying. Mm-hmm. Right. And and trusting. I feel like there's, you know, pieces of pie in our relationship with God. If you look at a pie and cut it in pieces and 
and the disciplines along that pie um, help us in times when when you're not feeling it right. or when you are under a, a spiritual attack or you're just, you feel like you are far away. You know, there's so much I in our relationship <laughs> yeah. with God. Um, but it's those spiritual disciplines that help you stay in knowledge. There's many times I haven't felt like praying. There's many times where I have seen miraculous things happen and it felt not at all. I didn't feel like anything was going to move or change. And then I have felt times where the power of the Holy Spirit almost had me on the ground. He was so strong. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not in that place of the presence of God where you can't feel him, he works in a different piece of the pie. He works in the knowledge that you know of the word. He works in your memories of past times he's been there. So he's constantly building different parts of your relationship with him that you can lean on when you don't feel it. And I think that's where the discipline yes. part comes in, mm-hmm. to not cut and run, right? to not just leave it, mm-hmm. but to lean in still, even when right. you don't feel it, yeah. to still seek him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think that, w- that was a good thing that you pointed out, that it's a lot of us. Like, for example, I love the North Shore of Minnesota, right. and it feels like a uh, a thin, I call it a thin place. It's mm-hmm. Celtic Christianity. If you Google it, it's a little woo-woo, I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah. But it's not that – it feels like the veil between this world, God's kingdom, and this mm-hmm. world is thin. Mm-hmm. And it's not that God is any nearer to me there. It's that I am more aware of his nearness and more receptive. when I'm there. Yeah. And more receptive because that's mm-hmm. a place for you right. that your spirit loves. Mm-hmm. You love the water. You love the rocks. There's yep. there's something about it. People feel that way in the desert. People mm-hmm. feel like that in the mountains, you know. And so even knowing that you're built to be a receiver mm-hmm. and there's certain places that you get better reception is beautiful to know about yourself. Yeah. That was a great analogy for someone in radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. there okay. might be a reason. Yeah. So Psalm do you want me to, 13. Psalm 13. So this is a prayer that um, very new in my relationship with the Lord, he brought me to. I hadn't even read the full Bible yet, but I had a nephew who was really hurting, and I had no words. And this is the prayer, um, Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death, and my enemy will say I have overcome him, and my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And so when I found this, I would put my nephew's name in. And it was the but in verse 5, because that's part of prayer is God takes you to sometimes your memories. It didn't feel, it felt very much like this for him. And we, my sister and I prayed for him for, I would think, 15 years before we saw much change. Mm-hmm. And so this was my wailing prayer, like, come on, you know, we are praying. And then to be able to go to this but place of, but you have dealt bountifully with me. And so therefore, the big word in prayer, (laughs) he could have just said, I trust you. Mm -hmm. And that means you trust his sovereignty, which may not always give you what you want. 
Right. And I think that's the mature relationship with, with Christ is that we have to get to that point of trusting him in his sovereignty because he's not Santa. No. Right? And so we don't always get the prayers that we want. But Scripture tells us to pray with everything you got, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's a very tender place. And that's where we were at praying for my husband, Gary, when he received his miracle, was all the oncologists told us he was dying. Okay, back up a little oh, bit. Sorry. People don't know the story. Tell, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, tell sorry. That, I mean, the book, Praying for Healing While Planning the Funeral, mm-hmm. is about your your journey mm-hmm. with Gary's cancer. So we right. So talk about that a little? So Gary was 50. He was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer um, uh, and a non-smoker athlete. So they didn't know where it came from. It was extremely aggressive. We had to go to Dana-Farber for our second opinion, which is in Boston. And I can tell you, you do not want a cancer that Dana-Farber wants to look at. Um, Everybody said six months from diagnosis, and then we would have a very short time after that. So fighting for what I believe God was telling me in his scriptures was hard. Mm -hmm. And I had to accept that I may not get the answer I wanted or the answer I believed that he would have for me. But darn it, there wasn't going to be a day that I wasn't going to ask, go to the throne room and ask. And I think that is a is a really hard tension to hold. It is, because I had to deal with that. There's In the book, I talk about being so surrendered. It was the most surrendered time I've ever been with the Lord. And and I don't I say this because I don't want it to sound arrogant on my part, but it was just truth. It felt so courageous and it felt so broken at the same time mm. because the courage was taking hold of what the scriptures said and also saying, and you are sovereign and I will still love you and believe you, then you have to help me walk this out either way. I'm in this with you and can't do it without you. Yeah. Like who can do it without him? Actually, (laughs) Like he needed me to tell him that, but that came under challenge and every single doctor who said, you're crazy. And I'm like, my God hasn't spoken yet. And maybe I am and maybe I'm not, but I stand here Mm -hmm. until my God has spoken, which that means Either Gary was going to have a funeral or he was going to be healed. And in our case, he was healed. I've prayed for many people I've seen healed. I've prayed for many people who went home, mm-hmm. right? There, that tension doesn't go away. So anybody who says, oh, yeah, if you only pray, you know, pray this way, I always look and go, mm, I think you have to leave the sovereignty to God and do everything Scripture tells you and then lay it on the table. And that's a really vulnerable place and I think an important place for us to to dwell in in prayer mm-hmm. It's, okay, now I'm just preaching to myself. <laughs> is to even if right God doesn't answer our prayer mm-hmm. the way that we want Him to, which is I mean we saw that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. They, yep. Even if God doesn't deliver us, mm-hmm. we're 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 not going to bow down to your idol. Right. To 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 be able to pour your heart out to the Lord, asking and begging Him to, for what right. you want, the desire of your heart. And to still hold that loosely is a very vulnerable place to be. It, and I love the what Psalm 13 does of demonstrating that pouring out mm-hmm. and then remembering. Right. right and after. remembering. And, you know, it's so interesting because I think in our world we try to do it right. Mm-hmm. Give yes. me a prayer plan that will help me do this. Give me devotions that will help me do this. And... It's the wrong question to ask. It's not how we pray. It's who do we pray to? Because if you have a huge, if you have a deep understanding of who God is and his character, he brings you in as he is. So are we. And as you give him more space and you, you put your eyes upon him, 
being obedient in prayer becomes much easier. Being um, believing that he can move a mountain through prayer, why he even wants us to, I don't know, but he can move mountains through your prayer. And so if you look at scriptures, like there's so many times people will um, mention John 15, 7, and it's, if you abide in me and I abide in you, then ask for anything and it shall be met. And so everybody looks at, oh, I'm going to ask it for anything, hence the Santa complex Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, Jesus. mm -hmm. But actually, if you abide in me, the question should be, Lord, how do I abide in you? Mm. And not the end results, because if you're abiding in him and he in you, you believe that in sorrow and joy, he will see you through regardless of how he answers the prayer. Right. And yep. so it's um, Psalm 37, four, delight in the Lord and he will give the desires of your heart. The question is, well, how do I delight in you? Mm. And Psalm 143, uh, I think it's Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will because you are my God. Because there's other scriptures that say, you know, pray within the will of God and you will receive the desires of your heart. Well, I think that was paraphrased. I think I just mixed two scriptures up. But anyway, The point is, is we need to know what his will is. Mm -hmm. And how do we know his will unless we understand who he is as God from what he has shown us in Scripture? Because we're never going to know the fullness of his love and his vastness. And I think it's a really important point to make is allowing the word of God to inform Mm -hmm. how we see him versus letting our experience inform how we see him but amen that who he is is who he says he is right not necessarily the way that i experience him exactly that's hard to say (laughs) and it's even harder to live out well don't you think that's part of wrestling with prayer is Mm -hmm. you have to get over the santa complex if you don't get over the santa complex you will go to the throne room and your prayers won't be answered or you don't um, persevere long Mm -hmm. or pursue him or whatever you 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 it it's you have to you have to wrestle with your expectations versus expectancy. And those are two very different lanes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, there's a there's a difference in pursuing God. Um, totally lost my train of thought. The, the Santa complex, also, also that I think sometimes that desire to do it right and to mm-hmm. pray right instead of honestly. Mm-hmm. And because God is big and he's holy and he's righteous and you know, so set apart mm-hmm. that sometimes it feel, and then you're angry yeah, with him. Right. Sometimes it can feel sinful even mm-hmm. to allow your anger to be expressed to him. Right. And I remember at a time when I was very angry with what was happening in my life and I had um, a mentor say to me, he's God, he can take it mm-hmm. and he knows what's in your heart. And I um, asked another friend, like, what do you do when, you know, things aren't working out and you're just so angry? And she said, I yell at him. Mm-hmm. And I, it was such a mind shift for me because I really had that right way to pray, right way to pursue him, wanting to be like the desire to be honoring, mm-hmm. but allowing that to keep me from being really honest with him. I know. And, well, I just think you just uncovered the key to a successful prayer life is that before you go into petition, before you go into gratitude, before you go into confession, you start a relation, a personal relationship with God. You seek the throne, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, and believe that his desire is to have a relationship with you, you fallen person. With me, you fallen person, right? That's the first step. And if you stay only in that step, you will have an amazing prayer life 
whether you ever ask for anything, whether you ever contend in spiritual warfare, if you just talk to your sweet daddy all day long, that's a beautiful prayer life, and that is the only place to start. Well, and let's talk a little bit about that, because because there are verses, I think it's Paul that tells us to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Is it Jesus? Now I'm getting confused. Yes. <laughs> I know, like, to well, pray I... without ceasing. Um, what does that look like? So for me, it looks... Um, it, it has looked a lot of different ways because I, from, I grew up in the Catholic tradition. And so I, and this is not a bad thing. My, several of my family members pray the rosary all the time. So that was a way that I would pray without ceasing and I would keep my mind on him. Today, 20 years later, it's very much, it's myself or his self. There, there is no, it's just talking to him all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, I have prayed for people where my house needed to be, you know, I needed to clean my house. I didn't have time for 45 minutes on my knees. And so as I was vacuuming, as I was mopping the floors, I was just praying that whole time. And you can even give your, the work of your hands up to the Lord. Let's say you have to really have your mind in your work and you can't have this background dialogue because it's very detailed or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just say, Lord, for the next three hours, I am giving you my time and I use this as a prayer. And tell me who you want me to pray for. And sometimes, Angie, that's as simple as this is, Lord, I pray for your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say that all the whole three hours I'm praying for the Lord's kingdom. Lord, bless your kingdom. You know, that is prayer. I think things like dishes, mowing the lawn, those mm-hmm. things that we can do without having a lot of thought right. are great opportunities to to pray. And I heard it once said that that our that our default, like a computer default, mm-hmm. that it always goes back to its default, that yeah. our default, if we're our mind starts to wonder that it would be, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Exactly. Because we, we're prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for our default to come back and be like, oh, Lord, oh, right. Lord, I, to, stay, to keep that connection with him. Well, and to trust that he's never left you, mm-hmm. right? He's never left you. We get our attention distracted. Right. Rosie, thank you so much. This, this was, was so much fun. This was so good. And I just I appreciate what I've learned from you and just mm-hmm. watching the way that you pray and the way that you seek the Lord with such tenacity on behalf of yourself and on behalf of others. It's, I've really appreciated it. Oh, thank you. I don't feel worthy for that, but I, I do love to pray. Receive it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I will receive it. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this bonus conversation about the spiritual discipline of prayer. My guest has been Rosie Browsen. Rosie's book is Praying for Healing While Planning a Funeral. I hope you feel inspired and encouraged to spend some time with God in prayer, maybe praying through a favorite psalm. Please rate and subscribe the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. You can catch Reading the Bible Together on Faith Radio Sundays at 2 Central, and we'll see you next time when we talk about the spiritual discipline of repentance. Repentance.